0: The swap without a still is just a tent, a martini without olives doesn't quite make it, and MASH Minute is intended for mature audiences.
1: And this is minute 54, and I'm nodding. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: That's, that's not the Friday energy we need, Tierney.
1: No, and it is Friday, and I am just not... I am ready for the weekend.
0: (laughs) It can't come.
2: Everybody's podcasting for for the the weekend. weekend.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes, Megan.
0: (laughs) My husband's probably like, what is she doing in there? Nothing. Being awesome. Just podcasting.
2: Being awesome. You're welcome.
0: It's what I do when I'm not at work. Put on your headphones, listen for the tones of your favorite
1: podcast, MASH Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series would and exists. Megan and Toonie and Guest will make three. Goddamn army, MASH Minute. We are MASH Minute, we podcast about MASH, and that is the melodious voice of Megan Coleman.
0: Ta-da, hello everybody. I'm Tierney Steele.
2: And I'm Jarf, and I made it to Friday. Yes! I made it through the week. We're here, everybody.
0: We it's are. be okay.
1: Megan and Jarf are much more peppy than I am, but that's all right.
2: Hey, it's 1970, and we are in Studio Minute 54.
0: Ooh, I need to break out my 70s dress collection then. (laughs) Was Mark Wahlberg in the Studio 54 movie?
1: Um, God, I don't recall him. To loop it back to yesterday's discussion. Yes,
2: yep, this is Mark Wahlberg week. Apparently, (laughs) unfortunately,
0: we didn't mean to. We're sorry. I mean, I love Boston, but not everything about Boston.
2: Yeah, Studio 54, Nev Campbell, Mark Wahlberg, Selma Hayek. Oh.
1: I even nice. like plenty of things that he's been in. I just, I'm looking at a documentary on Studio 54, not the movie. Thank you for looking that up because I was not on the right page. Oh, okay. And I, I can't podcast confused. and Google at the same time because my brain is broken. But I am going to talk about Minute 54 Or am I? Maybe I'm just going to introduce it and I'm going to sit back and relax. Uh, This is the minute that starts with Mulcahy explaining why he approached Hawkeye to himself. And it ends with painless... Oh, here is a a summary. Painless miming big boobs to Hawkeye as he tells him his problem.
2: Oh, no. So you spoiled my guessing game because of the way that this... That's
1: what that means. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> we, we don't know that we're still trapped in the world of minute 54 we don't know what happens the very next second all we know is he we says, know
1: he's talking about a nurse with
2: the nurse with the 325th the little one with the big and then our minute cuts off we don't know what he says so <laughs> maybe the why big...
1: he's miming <laughs> he's
2: well he's got his hands it's in not front of the his book chest
0: he's holding I think
2: he's going to say the little one with the big heart.
0: Aww. And I would tell you you're crazy because it's 1970. And this movie doesn't have that track record at all. Sorry, I'm being a little sassy pants right now.
1: We have very scientifically studied 53 minutes of M.A.S.H. And our hypothesis is that this movie's going for boobs, not heart. But... Our listeners will have to tune in again on Monday to find out.
2: They're going to be in suspense all weekend. And then I'm sure then they'll see that I was right. Probably not. No, (laughs) It's, it's definitely boobs.
1: Unless the nurse from the 325th is actually a doctor. Doctor who two hearts. He's holding her two big hearts. With both hands. I tried. I'm sorry. I, did. Tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I
0: tried. I tried to hold the giggle. That's as try. good as it's going to go.
1: You have a few moments left with Mulcahy. Just a few, though, as he finishes muttering to himself, basically. So what's going on. We didn't mention the jet passing overhead, which is an interesting sonic choice. We, we produce podcasts. They're an audio medium. So we are attuned to these things. I don't get why Altman goes to this so many times in this movie.
2: Because he's really got it. That's soundboard drop the sound effect in. Mm. And you're wondering why in that moment would he want to give this little reminder that they're so close to the front?
0: <sighs> Is that it? Because it's... It's not summer camp, kids.
1: It's, it's a war zone. Oh, you're right. I do kind of need that reminder every now and again. <laughs> then we see the perpetual poker game. In Woo-hoo! Painless Poles, tent. I can't think of a word for that that begins with P.
2: But we do Pavilion. Get s- <laughs> Ooh. The perpetual
1: poker game, poker tournament, poker. The perpetual poker playing in Painless Poles Pavilion. There you go. I Yay. Like it. Yay. I did it. So they mentioned several times in the book, and it's implied in this movie, but they don't ever actually say it so this is an endless poker game oh cool people get up and leave people come and join it's just always going in the front of Wodolski's tent and so that's why i love this little complaint it was driving me nuts because i didn't realize that when hawkeye comes in what we're getting are two different people complaining about different things because <laughs> i was like that sounds like Murhart, but that's Volmar. like And then I realized, so first Murhart complains about the dog to Hawkeye, and then Volmer complains about where Boone is sitting to Boone.
2: (laughs) I'm still just intrigued by this idea of the never ending poker game. Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. I am listening to Tombstone Minute right now. And the folks that are doing the 2019 listen, it actually launched in 2017, but they just formed the Facebook group in 2019. So it kind of attracted a new group of listeners and we all decided to listen at the same time. Aw. Makes it more fun. And they just... As of the time that we are recording this, they just covered some minutes where Doc Holliday has been playing poker for 36 hours straight. <laughs> it's everyone's trying to drag him away from the game. And it's, like, you know, you have to stop. You've been at this for 36 hours straight. And, mm-hmm. and so coming off of that, it's really something to have MASH swoop in here and say, oh, 36 hours, hold my beer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> try the entire korean conflict I, I i think the universe is trying to tell you something are you any good at poker maybe it's like trying to encourage you get some winnings
2: i don't think that i would be very good at poker because i have this whole always telling the truth problem it makes me very bad at bluffing
0: yeah i don't have much of a poker face
1: i'm just not good at it <laughs> <laughs> I would even really get to the bluffing stage. It just, I, yeah, because poker was big when I was in college. I remember a lot of people playing it. We would play it at work. We would bet rubber bands because we worked in a mailroom. So we had those giant bags of the big rubber bands.
2: Oh, yeah. I worked mm. at a Kinko's. So yeah. I'm, I'm familiar.
1: Yeah. We would use those as chips. And so I remember playing poker many times on like a library cart or a mailroom cart, but. Yeah, I, I never really got the knack for it. I always preferred blackjack, but I like this. I, I'm sure if I was at this mash, I would drop in every now and again and, you know, for a little bit and then you'd move on. And the idea is because everyone works in shifts. So it's just constantly rotating mm, who's right. available.
2: Yeah, that works.
1: And if you know, I like this because I always liked the open door. I think that's why I liked that party in the swamp where it's just like, yeah, you just know you can go here, whatever. It's not like a plan. It's not like something that someone had to put together and invite you. You can just stop <laughs> by and you leave when you leave.
2: What I appreciated was all of their poker superstitions that they <laughs> so, that why'd I you bring that it. dog in here? <laughs> I lost money last time that dog was in here and then, oh, don't sit behind me, you're creepy you're throwing me off oh no do sit behind me yeah you're good luck to me and so
1: oh my god Vollmer's face went ugly so ugly john is the one who says like yeah you're you're good luck. sit there Boone. volmer <laughs> shoots him this look where i'm like he's about to commit a murder <laughs> <laughs> i happened to pause it to write down like the note about who is complaining about what and then i looked up and i'm like whoa whoa volmer has a stare on him <laughs> I don't know who's in more trouble, Ugly John or Boone, but someone, if Volmer loses his hand, is like not going to make it out of his tent alive. <laughs> I will give it to Hawkeye. He's a good bluffer. He is. He's got his little story ready to go and gets Painless back into his private quarters. And now we're ready to
0: uh... <sighs> have some scotch, have a beer and get down to business.
1: Yep. So Hawkeye brings his own PBR and then helps himself to scotch. Oh, I did find a Harry Potter connection. I was just rereading oh. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And it's the one that starts with the uh, Minister of Magic visiting the Prime Minister. And there's something where the Muggle Prime Minister talks about being annoyed at being offered his own scotch, which does not face Painless in this situation.
2: Which is just a sign that he's despondent.
1: He, despondent is a great word yeah. for him at this minute. Yeah, he's just miserable lying down on the bed. And How many women's photos are in here? Uh, a lot.
2: Well, so you really don't get this till the next minute, but you have the triptych of- yep. The three <laughs> girls that he's seen back home, and then That's three.
1: There's a very large photo. You've got oh, yes. you, there's
2: there's the pinup that dominates the background throughout this whole time.
1: Oh god, I didn't even like, yeah, pick up on that. <laughs> there are so many framed photos. I didn't even notice the giant.
2: <laughs> oh sweet innocent tyranny.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I all right. So there's the triptych three. One on the wall. <laughs> The big one behind him- The one that Tierney
2: didn't notice, even though that she's the one that's totally naked.
1: (laughs) I need a different angle, because the picture I am seeing that is big and dominating, she's dressed. The one up on the wall in black and white, is that not the one you're referring to as the pinup? Or is the
0: pinup behind on the table? Wait, hold on. I'm going back into the minute here. Hold on a moment. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Hawkeye's at the game, no one cares. At
1: second 51.
0: 50 51. Okay. Why am I singing Beach Boys? That's awesome. Alright.
1: Um. So he has the triptych up to Painless's left. Yep. There's a pinup on the wall behind Hawkeye's head. Black and white, oh. woman standing up. Yep. And then behind Painless's head is a large photo, but it's not a naked woman. It's a woman with a bob, and she's clearly wearing... Well, I don't know that she's clearly wearing anything because there are two other photos stuck in front of them.
2: Right, and it's really (laughs) just a headshot of her.
1: Yeah, so that's another three. So now we have seven women up in this.
2: I think this might be something that we don't get until the next minute.
1: Oh, okay. Cause I bet from another angle there are more.
0: Yeah, it's the next minute. There's the there it's kind of Is that the yeah. calendar?
1: I thought he had a calendar at one point.
0: Um it's where you might see a calendar, but of a pin-up-y sort? Yeah, but I don't see a calendar portion of oh, okay. the calendar. Well, I, I just see. Okay, I'm very chick. sorry
2: to deceive our listeners. There's not a naked lady in minute fifty-four.
1: To but, there but there will be naked women. But there will be. Don't you worry. Don't Come be Come back here next week. No, I just, I was, when you first said, oh, sweet, innocent, too, like, ha, 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 and then I'm looking at like, I'm not that innocent. If I'm <laughs> looking for a photo of a naked woman, I would like to think I'd be able to pick it out.
2: <laughs> I must admit I feel better.
1: Okay. <laughs> I just, they're so... Many. And we're about to hear a little story. And, Sarf, aren't you happy you're leaving, (laughs)
2: this? Well, I'm I'm happy (laughs) that I'm leaving. I did tell Megan off-air that I was very sad that I don't get a line that you get in the next minute. We talked about the triptych. Mm -hmm. And these are the three girls that he's got back home. And just <laughs> when Hawkeye says, and you wanted to be faithful to them, that just kills me. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Hawkeye is a very understanding friend. <laughs> throughout.
2: <laughs> but there's something that I wanted to ask you since we are dipping our toe into the pool of the next minute anyway. So he he's about to say that Don Juanism is a cover-up. And I'm sure that that you and your guests next week will discuss this more in detail. But my question is, so he's got this concept now, Don Juanism as a cover-up. And he's sitting there despondently, yes, I want to get credit for the word a second time, on Mm -hmm. his bunk with a book, but you can't see what the book is. I tried. To blow it up as much as I can. You can't see mm-hmm. the spine. You can't see anything. And he says that he's been reading about Don Juanism all day. So it implies that this book is where he's getting this information. So question. And I know that I'm hanging with some former and possibly current librarians here. So what is he reading? And I, have, I, I can make it a multiple choice if you don't have something that jumps out right away. Would you like multiple choice? Yeah, it's
1: been driving me nuts trying to figure this
2: out. Okay, so Don Juanism discussed in literature specifically, you know, as a cover-up. So you've got The Myth of Sisyphus, you've got Carl Jung, Psychological Aspects of the Mother Archetype, the collected works, or Freud's on Sexuality.
1: I didn't realize Jung and Freud did Don Juanism.
0: I can't say I'm surprised that Freud did in some ways. Yeah, because I very... I knew
1: Carl Jung had written about it. I only have a very superficial understanding. That's why I like tensed up when he said, "Let's dip a toe into the next minute." I'm like, I haven't done my notes for next minute yet. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, this but, is just yeah. this is just dipping the toe. So. Mm-hmm. Perhaps now we just make our guess about what the book is. And then as you really get into it in the discussion, then you'll be able to collectively, you know, (laughs) as hosts, perhaps with your guests, maybe the listeners will have to chime in too. And we're going to come up with our own canon because I believe that everything discussed in this podcast is a part of MASH canon, correct?
1: (laughs) Obviously. Yes.
2: (laughs) So we are going to create the canonical book that Painless is reading.
1: I need to look up some publication dates.
2: I'm sure that you would think of this faster than I as a librarian, but one thing that just looking at the minute jumped out to me is he's not reading a magazine. It's definitely a book.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely a book.
2: So it's got to be something that's old enough that it would either be a book or collected works that could have been collected in a volume far enough in advance to be, you know, there on the front.
1: Because I also really waffle on If it was a magazine, I would believe that it is a current thing, something that's new. Uh, You know, maybe not brand new. The mail service isn't that reliable. But they would have been trying to keep up with medical journals, new techniques, things like that. But for it to be a book that's available, like, in the MASH library... Our libraries come up before. We know it's there somewhere. So, hmm. I mean, I
0: know... I know who was it? Was it Byron wrote a poem, like an epic poem called Don Juan? But I'm doubtful it's that thick.
1: Yeah, and that would be the origin. Well, actually,
0: according to Wikipedia, the first English version of Don Juan was *The Libertine* by Thomas Shadewell in 1676.
1: Okay, this is real quick, but in during the Korean conflict, the myth of Sisyphus would have only been available in French. Oh. oh, he does not strike me as the. T- Again, I'm going off of. I didn't even click into the Wikipedia article. This is just the thing on like the Google results. Yeah. By, it Says myth mythosific- says the book, <laughs> the philosoph- <laughs> philosophical essay. That one. 1942 Albert. You recognize the little name. Uh, English translation by Justin O'Brien was first published in 1955.
0: So not quite.
1: So I'm going to rule that out. I really hope our guests didn't think that was it because I'll feel kind of bad.
2: Oh, no. I was leaving it to y'all.
1: So as we will Google our way through the weekend looking at analytical psychology. Yay. What, girl? I'm sorry. I just I thought I knew what Don Juanism was. And this summary is what I thought something else was. So, listeners, I want you to prepare yourself. I think I mentioned earlier this week that Tierney's brain does best with facts. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Tierney studied military history. Because X number of people went to X spot on a map. And you can argue till the end of time about why they did that. Was that a good idea? What could they have done instead? What were the results of that? But X number of people went to X spot on a map. That is indisputable. I had to take a class on 18th century intellectualism and I thought my brain was going to explode. (laughs) I do not do well with isms. I don't believe in isms. I just believe in me. No, I, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I read things and I think I understand them. And then they're like, oh, you have that backwards. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. So the fact that we are going to talk about philosophy, the fact that we are going to talk about sexual philosophy, I'm scared.
2: It's <laughs> okay, girl. You feel, I now, was, I... <laughs> you feel now how I felt earlier in the week when we were talking about hair. <laughs>
0: Girl, girl's okay. I took a whole class on the history of sexuality in the family in United States history. We can get through this. We can get through this. Oh, thank God. Also, best class ever. Just saying.
1: <laughs> I like to think that I'm good at Movies by Minutes podcasts and that I bring things like, he's miming big boobs to you, but <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs>
0: We're going to get through it, girl. We're going to get through it. We're going to get
1: through it. I'm just going to keep counting the number of photos of women in his room. <laughs> We're at seven. We're at seven. And I think that large photo with the two stuck on the front is like a folded frame. So it's possible they're more on the other side. But I can't tell from this angle.
2: Right. And most of the ones that you're pointing out, the framed ones, mm-hmm. they don't look like they're pinups. They look like they're...
1: yeah. They're regular Girls women. Now, yeah. I
2: yeah. do
1: think the one up on the wall is maybe not a girl he knows. Maybe that's like you were shopping with Duke and you found a postcard he really liked sort of thing. That looks to me like a photo that a French man would twirl his mustache and purchase on the banks of the river in Paris. Do you get what I'm going for? She's not like full frontal, but... <laughs> she's so full frontal. It looks like she's, Exercising at a time when a woman exercising scantily would have been naughty.
2: I'm just very intrigued by your mustache twirling villain (laughs) slash explicit card dealer.
1: So I think it's also clear that not only does my brain not handle abstract concepts well, but I've never been to France. (laughs) right. In this time or the late 19th century. (laughs) Do do men not wear top hats? Would you like to see
2: some very sexy (laughs) cards?
0: That doesn't happen in Paris?
1: Come on, think about every stereotype you've been taught about that country. (laughs) Are they they not wearing top hats and painting impressionist paintings anymore? Oh my. I, I, I,
0: I like that you still think they do impressionist paintings all the time. You know, with the ballet dancers. (laughs) Actually, I remember when I went to Paris a couple years ago in the guidebook, it warned you that if you go to Montmartre, which is the big like area where all the Impressionists kind of were, that you have to be careful because a lot of the art there is actually made in China. Hmm. And imported in. It's not even French or pretending to be local. And sometimes you can very obviously tell, but sometimes Mm -hmm. you're like... No.
2: oh, And it's all it's it's much more casual now. See, he will sell you the painting. It will be a fraud. And <laughs> exactly. no, he does not have a handlebar mustache to twirl, but he's still, he's going in there with tiny little fingers and just doing a little twirl on that mustache.
0: Just, just a little.
2: It's too subtle for you to see, but it's there.
0: Also, there's a Starbucks in Montmartre, like right next to the big market. So, you know, welcome to it was weird it's a gorgeous city Sometimes though you, you
1: should need go hit. <laughs> you should go but no i, I will someday pants. i want to go i'm descended from eight countries and i would like to go to all of them so far i got one
0: <laughs> i love paris so
1: france is on the list i didn't find out i was part french until i was in my mid-20s so late 20s actually it was very frustrating it felt very weird Oh, I can loop it back to this minute. It's okay. It's very weird let's do it. to discover things about yourself when you are an adult who had a mental image of who you were. Oh,
0: I like how you did
1: like, that. Like, I That's was good. so not French that learning that, oh no, actually, you totally are like a six French or whatever. That was very weird to me. Actually, it would be it would be less. But so, yeah. I I totally relate to to Painless's freak out here. Obviously. Well, Ooh. maybe not for <laughs> uh, sure. Now I do the color pulling thing. We've moved Thank from the mustache to our color.
0: Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, totes, right? <laughs> obs. Obs. Oh, God, Obs. I totally forgot about the Obs. Yeah. yeah. Minute
1: 54. This it's is... a thing. Minute fifty four is actually great. I feel kind of bad. I we're like cringing in anticipation. Minute fifty
0: four. Well, it's kind of a. I mean, we get the start of the story as to why you know. Yeah.
1: Maybe him being sad is just bringing us all down. Like he's just such a generally happy person that to now see him like this is really affecting us. That's right. It, it,
2: That's right. He's the Don yes. Juan of Depo- Detroit. To see we're him have laid to talk low. About Don
1: Juanism.
2: Questioning his manliness.
0: Oh god. We could, we could talk a bit about Casanova 2 girl if you want. We oh, can contrast. Do not want. <laughs> but
1: well. <laughs> so this has been a rousing endorsement for our podcast. But <laughs> if you've made it to minute 54, I think you get us. You 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 see where we're coming from. And you also probably know how to find us. And if you don't, you probably know how to Google MASH Minute. You heard me Googling. It's not hard. You can do it. You don't even have to use Google to Google things.
0: (laughs) There are other search engines available. Yes, there are. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking.
1: You can find Megan and I that way, and Sharf, how should they find... Oh, oh, I totally forgot. What? I always ask our guests if there's anything in the movie they'd like to talk about outside of their minutes, and I'm sure you had happier things. You said you watched the movie for the first time recently, so... I wanted to kind of give you the floor.
2: Absolutely. Well, why don't we go out on my favorite line, what I feel like is the heart of the movie. It is when Hot Lips has become so irritated that she says, how did a social degenerate like him reach <laughs> such a high rank in the the Army Medical Corps? I'm not getting it exactly, but that's the idea. <laughs> so. and, and then... So the father responds he got drafted
1: <laughs> i
2: so i was talking to my wife about being on the podcast mm-hmm. and and i was talking about how at the mash most of the movie is them doing these pervy antics and and this and that and she asks basically the same question without the moral judgment because oh. that's not how she rolls but she but she said you know so how How does he become this? How does he reach this high level? And I said, well, it's funny that you should ask that. I thought that 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 really captured the times and why there were anti-authoritarian rebel types now kind of crammed into this constraining structure of the army. And that's that's the clash the movie is playing with.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Jar figured out this movie, so we clearly don't need to continue next week. No, I, you I have
0: to.
2: I'm really I, no, I honestly love <laughs> I appreciate that you introduced me to this movie. I'm not gonna say that I loved all of it. Mm-hmm. But one of your earliest guests, Tom Taylor, noted that this is one of the seeds of the slobs versus snobs dynamic. Mm-hmm. And looking at it through that lens, I said, well. Okay, a lot of what I love, Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, all of that, I never connected it to MASH because I had only seen the TV show. And seeing this movie, it made me see the show in a different light. And then it made me see it, how it connects to other films along that animal house spectrum a lot clearer. So I'm really glad that I saw it.
1: Yeah, I'm glad it's spreading out because it isn't a movie that naturally crosses people's paths anymore, I feel like. When you're growing up, someone is going to suggest that you watch Animal House at some point in your right,
2: life. Right, Caddyshack
1: right. is going to be on, <laughs> but MASH, not as much. I mean, when would this be on? Memorial Day?
2: Yeah, it's not on as much. And the one sheet for it isn't great. The The whole legs and then the peace sign, glove... Thing. Anytime you have sexy legs but not attached to a body, it doesn't really suggest that you're going to get something that is great for women. And so I. Fair. (laughs) And, you know, that was part of what put me off watching it. But I wouldn't have known that there are these other things, these questioning in authority, questioning the war. It's supposedly Korea, but really it's Vietnam. I didn't really know all of that was happening just by looking at that poster. I thought it was just the hijinks without the Mm. moral compass. Like porkies, but in the army.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've ever made it through Porky's in one sitting. Because it doesn't have anything going for it. like Like you said, those other movies, there, there's got to be something grounding it mm-hmm. to make it fun. That was beautiful, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you enjoyed it. At least, you know, watching it. I totally get it's not... How do we put this? Everyone's cup of tea? Not everything is for everyone.
2: <laughs> but, I think you also... Yeah. Have, there's some things you have to... St- see at the right time in your life mm. and i would have done well to see this much earlier in my life
1: okay well that's been a huge argument lately with star wars and what age you were when you saw which trilogy mm. and how that completely changes how you understand star wars to right. exist so it, oh, it yeah. totally makes sense that that would happen for one-off movies too but yeah, I wanted to give you a chance to plug away, I will say, you know, if you aren't sick of my voice yet, maybe check out Joe vs. The Minute, because I'm really excited. That's a movie that I saw very early in my life, and I've been consistently in love with it, because that's what happens when you see movies as a child and latch onto them.
2: And absolutely, you should check out Joe versus the Minute. And I also hope that you had a chance to hear Tierney and I in the Movies by Minute Trivia Cage Match, which was oh, a yeah. fundraiser for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation Movie Trivia Contest. And, and it culminated at the Movies by Minute annual conference so that that's still going to be available in the feed and there's still a page where you can donate um, towards our team efforts and cystic fibrosis it's something that's near and dear to both of us uh, so we're yeah, really just happy the trivia
1: matches over doesn't mean that's it for fundraising
2: <laughs> exactly and what we just both really appreciate that the Movies by Minute community has decided to support the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and help us advance the search for a cure. So yeah, you, you can check that out as well. I, I'm so sorry that I can't remember the link to the Trivia Cage match offhand, but we will put it in the in the Facebook group. The What's it called?
1: It exists. And maybe we'll have one. Maybe we're talking to you from the past and maybe we are winners. Uh, There is a MASH Minute post-app listeners award. There is a Minute Makers Facebook group for people who listen to or produce Movies by Minutes podcasts. I'm sure any Movies by Minutes podcast you listen to that's currently recording is promoting it at this point.
2: Yep. And then for me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at Jarf Harden. And on Twitter, at Inspector Flora.
1: Excellent. Well, do those follows. Take the weekend to relax, recharge, and come back ready to help Painless feel better.
2: Thanks again for having me. This week has been so much fun. In fact, I'll say it's been all that and a bag of chips. Yes! (gasps)